Yasas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast about all things Greek for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody who's interested in learning about other cultures. I'm your host, Pamela Diodes Wood. Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. Today we're going to talk about when Greek sounds like Spanish and vice versa. And just a warning, our neighbors having construction work done, so there may be a little background noise. Growing up ethnic often means growing up with another language in the house. My dad wasn't Greek, so we mostly spoke English at home, although sometimes he did call us names in Swedish. His mom and his grandma, who lived with his family growing up, hailed from Sweden. I don't remember how to say meathead in Swedish, but I should. Many of mom's relatives didn't speak English, and they were always in the house, or we were down the street in their houses or apartments. Plus, mom reverted to her first language when she got really mad, or when she was sweet-talking. So there were words I used in my childhood that I didn't even know were Greek. They were just the words we used. When mom wanted us to sit nicely, or stop the nonsense, or threaten to get the kutala on our behinds, it went into the mix of my dad calling us meathead in Swedish, or telling us to quiet down in English. So even as an adult, there are certain things I automatically say in Greek, even if I don't speak the language fluently, because I learned the word in Greek first. This amalgam of language in our house, plus dad's living uncle, who hailed from Virginia, constantly spouted southern slang and phrases, if I had my druthers and might could, gave me a lifelong fascination with language and how we communicate or miscommunicate with each other. My husband and our kids all share Spanish as a first language. Well, our daughter also spoke a little bit of a Mayan dialect called Cachical. And when she was little, she occasionally got fresh with me in a language that was totally foreign to me. Ed was born in Cuba. Both of the kids came from Guatemala when they were already walking and talking. There are certain words that just come out in Spanish. And I've lived around this for decades with Ed, so I fall into using them too. Strangely, when I was struggling to find a word in Greek while we were on vacation recently in Greece, the correct Spanish word would often pop into my head and sometimes out of my mouth. Very perplexing for the folks I was conversing with. Malista, y me apostine meriki, que quiero ver todo. So, imagine when three languages, English, Spanish, and Greek, are coexisting in the same household. Daily, there's a mix of languages, usually coming out of the same person's mouth. Por favor, mami, would you get me some carpuzzi? Because many years ago, even my dad learned when visiting Ma's relatives, he needed to say carpuzzi when he wanted his share of watermelon. There are words I used mixed with English that my kids just came to understand. When Sandra's telling a funny story about her workday and I say yeti, she knows I mean why, and she doesn't skip a beat shifting to explaining whatever it is. If Douglas John throws out an announcement about a friend taking a trip to Greece and I say piosine, he doesn't ha- hesitate to tell me who. I help my kids find their chancletas or gorras or llaves because that's what they still call their flip-flops, hats, and keys. Our family has favorite in-jokes about the ways Greek and Spanish occasionally intersect. They're very two different languages. The alphabet alone is completely unlike. But over the years, starting when our kids first came home, we've stumbled across similar sounding words or phrases that sometimes mean the same thing, but more often have absolutely nothing to do with each other and mean totally different things. This happened especially when our kids were still learning English and mostly communicating in Spanish at home. 
and at times it caused major confusion and misunderstandings. To tell the truth, people who don't speak it usually can't identify Greek when they hear it. A few times when I've been speaking Greek to a friend in public, someone on the periphery has demanded to know if we were speaking Spanish, like it was a problem. First, why do you ask? How is it anybody's business what goes on in a private conversation? Secondly, Spanish and Greek don't exactly sound alike, but we have similar pronunciations of some consonants that make it easier for Greeks to pronounce Spanish. I'm not fluent in Spanish, but depending on the topic, I can hold the conversation, maybe not grammatically correctly. And once someone I met in Guatemala asked if I was from South America because I was making the right sounds, but my accent was not identifiable. Greeks roll our R's and make the huffy H sound we hear in Julio, how are you, Hanimo? And Hazemetoleoforio, my new favorite Greek phrase. A few words actually do sound exactly like and mean the same thing like porta, which is door, or ora, meaning hour. Pantufla in Spanish means the same thing as pandofla in Greek, slipper. A talented writer I know of Mexican descent was delighted when I used the Greek word in a chapter I was reading to our writing group because Yesenia knew immediately what it meant. I felt the same way the first time my husband asked if I'd seen his slippers. It was kinship on a different level. More words that appear in both Spanish and Greek sound similar and mean totally different things. As I said, when our Spanish-speaking kids first came home to the United States, we spoke a lot of Spanish. So when they got home from an exhausting day at school, they could relax without struggling every minute to try to understand what we were saying. But inevitably, along with the English they were learning, Greek crept in. Because me. When I didn't know the word I wanted in Spanish, I'd throw in the English or the Greek word automatically. I've been speaking Greeklish my whole life. Why not Spanglish or Spreek? Then there was our church. It provided a real sense of comfort and familiarity to our kids because except for the language, they knew exactly what was going on. It was literally the same services our kids attended in their Orthodox church in Guatemala. Yes, there are Orthodox churches in Guatemala. So they were immediately comfortable. They knew all of the rituals, recognized the prayers, icons, and incense. It's just that instead of Spanish, it was mostly in Greek. And there was coffee hour. Lots of Greek bandied loudly around the church hall. Yaya's asking them questions in Greeklish. There were bound to be misunderstandings. One of my favorite mix-ups was the phrase, Elalo. When I was a kid, that's what mom the relative said when they wanted me or my brother or sister front and center. Elalo. So I don't usually say, come here in English to family. It's Elalo. I don't think about it, it just comes out that way. Like people in the Midwest who ask for a pop instead of soda or a sack instead of a bag. It's just how I speak and even the dogs understand it. The first time I said elavo to my son, he of course had no clue what I was saying to him. To him it sounded like elavo, which means ice cream in Spanish. And let me tell you, was he disappointed when he came running up to me? I'm like, good boy, he's so obedient. Yeah, when he thought I was yelling ice cream. He got over the initial disappointment and learned to double check. Was I calling him or was there something special on the menu? But he couldn't wait to try it out on his sister when she came home two and a half years later. He waited for me to call them to dinner, me using the phrase from force of habit, forgetting how Douglas John had misunderstood me two years earlier. And he watched her charge down the stairs in excitement. He watched the look of joyful expectation on her face turn into complete confusion when that sweet frozen dessert didn't materialize. 
and he laughed himself silly. Older brothers are sadistic. Now Douglas, John, and Sandra both think it's funny. To this day, if I call out Elava to anyone, including the dogs, one of my kids will probably holler, ice cream. Douglas, John, and I had two interesting exchanges early on in our relationship that highlighted for us the importance of both needing to choose our words carefully and to pay attention to the other's reaction to see if we were understood. The first was one day when he asked me in Spanish, Mommy, what's for lunch? Mommy, ¿qué hay para comer? He asked this every day, and it was good practice for me as I tried to remember the words for whatever food I was making for him. That particular day, I told him, queso, cheese, ensalada, salad, carne, meat, y pita. Sounded good to me. To Greeks, this is the flatbread we love to eat, as well as a necessary component for euros. Pita even shows up in American grocery stores now. But to my newly arrived Spanish-speaking son, who had never encountered it before, I soon realized pita didn't sound delicious at all, because pita in Spanish means string, like tie it in a bow, dangle it in front of a cat, fly it with a kite, string. The poor kid was shocked and appalled that I planned to feed him string for lunch, and I can't say as I blame him. I didn't understand what the issue was initially, and could see him trying to puzzle things out, like, what is Ma up to today? See, at least once a week, I tried to include a food he wasn't familiar with, to expand his palate and give him a chance to experience foods that represented different cultures. I sometimes included American junk food so he'd have a point of reference when he heard other kids talking about it. And because I think everyone should experience Pop-Tarts at least once. But expecting him to eat string was maybe a little more than he was willing to experiment with. He asked me to repeat myself several times, but every time, as far as he could understand, it came out string for lunch. He usually ran to the table for meals, and I couldn't understand what was holding him back. But he'd learned to trust me, and I guess threw caution to the wind when he finally sat down for lunch. All's well that ends well. He immediately fell in love with the Greek version of pita, especially when brushed with olive oil and heated on the grill. Afterwards, he explained to me why he didn't want to eat lunch that day, and we had a laugh. The second source of confusion between Douglas, John, and myself was one day after he got home from school. We were having a conversation about his day when he started up the stairs saying, Mommy, sígame por favor. I heard siga, went into default mode and started to speak more slowly. Because in Greek, siga means slowly. Of course, in the past, when he'd wanted me to slow down, he'd said, Mommy, despacio por favor. Overtired mama speaking Spanglish went off the rails into Greek. Oh my gosh, the look I got. The poor kid was mystified. In my mind, I'm thinking, maybe I'm mispronouncing something in Spanish. He'd never had trouble understanding my Spanish before. Not really. American accent and all. I was pretty sure whatever English I was using was already familiar to him. I do tend to mumble and stumble over my words. Sometimes I even sound like I don't speak English fluently. So let's try it again. I spoke even more slowly. Mommy, he said in frustration, por favor, sígame. And he started back up the stairs, motioning towards me. How much slower could I speak? Then he waved again for me to follow him, and seventh grade Spanish kicked in. He was asking me to follow him. After I stopped laughing, I explained siga was the Greek word meaning despacio. I think he was relieved to know I wasn't a crazy woman with my creepy slow-mo Spanish. Then he thought it was hilarious and couldn't wait to tell Poppy all about it when he got home from work. I think we actually kind of bonded over these mix-ups. And I strengthened my Spanish vocabulary, and he began adding to his Greek vocabulary, which was great because he decided early on that he loved the Greeks at our church. 
and now he was getting better at understanding them, whether they spoke English or Greek. I usually know the words I hear in Spanish that I accidentally translate into Greek. More often, it's when one of the kids drops a few Spanish words into an English conversation. I'm not in Spanish mode, so if the word sounds familiar, I default to Greek. My daughter will say, ma, that camisa es mía. A what? Is a what? What? Oh, right. Mia. Mine. In Greek, it's an article. A or an. She's not saying that a shirt is something-something, but that the shirt is mine. Like I said, it's, it's how we communicate in our house, an actual mix of English and Spanish with a few Greek words thrown in. Although, mostly English now. If my kids say the dog is on the mesa, I understand that the dog, number two, because it's always dog number two out of three, has got her feet planted on the kitchen table. Hi, Sophia. But sometimes my kids are thrown if I yell mesa at the dogs, because I'm not yelling table. I'm telling them inside, like get inside. I've often used the Spanish phrase, dime, when talking to my kids or my husband. It means tell me and became a part of almost daily speech for me as even long before the kids came home with my husband and my father-in-law. Because it's a phrase I've used for decades now, the misunderstanding came when a Greek friend said something that included the words, ditame. I started telling her what was what, but that's not what she was talking about. She'd said something along the lines of, see me, dime, tell me, ditame, see me. When your friend looks at you like you're a lunatic, and I didn't default to Greek, I defaulted to Spanish. Confusion started early for my husband and I. In our dating years, Ed introduced me to many Cuban restaurants and subsequently many popular Cuban foods. I almost choked on my dinner the evening he ordered Moros y Cristianos. Like, what the heck? Translated into English, it means Moors and Christians. Like the people populating parts of Spain for a few hundred years after North African Muslims invaded and ruled parts of that country. It's a black beans and white rice dish, and it's delicious. The white rice represents the fair-skinned Christians of Spain, while the black beans stand in for the relatively darker-skinned Moors. At first, I thought he was punking me. But you can still find Moros y Cristianos on many menus in Cuban restaurants. If you Google it, you can get a nice recipe. Where did the Greek confusion come into all this, you ask? Moro in Greek means baby. So babies and Christians sounded even weirder than Moors and Christians, and maybe kind of gross. Good thing I ask questions. And I continue to ask questions. Language fascinates me. And I love the hilarious misunderstandings that can occur. So I asked Sandra's boyfriend, Omar, who's originally from Mexico and whose first language is Spanish, if miroforos meant anything in Spanish, because to me, it sounds like it might. I already knew mira means look, and mira on its own in Greek means fate, like supernatural, meant to be destiny. Miras is the fates, like in Greek mythology. Omar thought a minute and told me Miraforos kind of may be translated to looking at a studio, which sounded funny. A Spanish-speaking real estate agent would really confuse my people with that one because in Greek, Miraforos means fragrant, with miro meaning myrrh. So I only really know the word from Orthodox hymns involving the myrrh-bearing women who anointed the body of Jesus with myrrh after the crucifixion. I asked Omar this question right around Easter while the hymn was still in my mind. A few weeks later, when Omar and Sandra were driving Douglas John and I home from the airport, he came up with another one. He'd been listening to us joking all about the papudes slinging their worry beats at the tavernas in Greece. 
He said Spanish-speaking people sometimes use the word papu to mean something like dude or buddy, like hola papu, como estas? Over the years, I've heard many Spanish-speaking people saying hola papi, but never papu, which is the Greek word for grandpa, so this is totally new to me. I looked it up, and apparently, originally, it comes from Venezuela as a slang term derived from papi. I love it. All these young dudes call their friends grandpa. Sandra has inherited my love of wordplay, and if she doesn't find a Spanish word to mirror the Greek words I'm using, she'll find one in English. One day when she was really bugging me, I hollered, Arquita, enough! She yelled back, Architect? And ever since, architect means Arquita and vice versa. And she will answer accordingly when I ask Kiti, why? But just as often, she'll demand to know what Bigfoot has to do with anything. No children, Greeks, Guatemalans, or Cubans were injured while participating in these verbal mishaps. If only everyone confused by someone speaking another language could talk things out like we did and have a laugh about it, there would be less tension in this world. Language is our friend. And the more languages we speak, the more understanding we have, if not literally, at least in spirit. So go forth and learn a word in another language and run with it. Adiosas, adios, hejdoa, and goodbye. Check out one of my favorite Greek creators, Emmanuel Manolakos, a.k.a. Greek Salad Guy. He recently posted a couple of TikToks listing Greek and Spanish words that sound alike. We got a kick out of that, seeing as it's our reality. We've posted a link in the podcast notes and on our website. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was written and narrated by me, your host, Pamela Diotis-Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website at StealthGreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Find Greek Like Me on Facebook or on Instagram at Greek underscore like underscore me. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Yes, us.